You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. The scripture reading for today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter Uh, uh, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead him away to give it water? And ought this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hounded for 18 long years, be set free from the bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing in all the wonderful things he was doing. The word of God for the people of God. God. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My grandmother, whom I called Nani, liked to play games. My mother does not. Nani never let you win even if you were four and playing Candyland. When she taught me how to play rummy, she taught me all of the rules, and she carefully stuck to the rules. She had a piece of paper that she would keep track of everything on it in very straight lines, and everything was the way it was supposed to be. Now, if my mom would decide that she wanted to help me or my brother, uh, Nani would tell her, you're breaking the rules. So my mother was crafty. She would mouth things to us behind Nani's back, and she would uh, talk in code and say things that Nani might not necessarily pick up on, but she usually did, and she was not pleased. Now, playing Monopoly was the worst. It was so long, so complicated, and we had to follow every single rule. You couldn't just skip over anything. And I almost always gave up and gave my money to the poor, (laughs) which drove Nani crazy because I'd given up on the rules. Now, rules are usually there for a reason, for order, for safety, for uh, in order to be helpful, but sometimes uh, there are rules or laws that don't make sense. For example, in Minnesota, it is illegal against the law to chase a greased pig. In Arkansas, it is illegal to mispronounce the state's name. In Indiana, 
black cats are required to wear a bell around their neck on Friday the 13th. In Florida, the penalty for horse theft is hanging. In Connecticut, a pickle must, by regulation, bounce when dropped from a foot high. And in Maryland, it's illegal to curse while driving. Now, of course, those are silly laws. But there are some laws that we have that cause harm, that are aimed at people, people who are different from those who make the rules. Oh, I don't know, 15 or 20 years ago, we lived in Blissfield, Michigan, just outside of Adrian, and that was where we would do our shopping. Adrian, we went to the Myers there for our groceries, and um, it was always, you know, a, a big day to go to Myers. Well, at Myers, there was this cashier, this woman you never wanted to get caught in her lane because she took forever. People would get impatient. They would even call the manager to complain, the authorities, and they just weren't kind. The cashier was a bent-over woman who could not stand straight. I imagine she was in constant pain. That's who I think of when I hear today's scripture. Can you imagine being bent over for 18 years? Without cortisone injections or surgeries even possible, the pain and the discomfort, not to mention the fact that everyone believed that you were in that condition because of something you did. And here, out of the blue, comes the rabbi that everyone's been talking about, and he sees you and he heals you. And then he gets in trouble. He gets yelled at for healing on the Sabbath, for breaking the rules, for breaking the law. Now, of course, the rabbi doesn't care what they say because he knows they're being hypocrites. It's not like they wouldn't help even their ox if it was thirsty on the Sabbath. Untying the ox would have been work, but they would have done it. And here's a woman in pain. The rules didn't make sense. They needed to be broken in the name of compassion. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes, though, it's the rules that we have in our heads, the rules that we kind of make up out of assumptions or prejudices. Other times we have to break the rules around us. Jesus broke the law. Now, it's important to know that when he broke the law, he was breaking the religious law. Um, there was a difference between Rome and Judaism. However, a threat to Jewish law was a threat to order and therefore a threat to Rome. Anyway, Jesus broke the law all the time. He healed the unclean. You remember the hemorrhaging woman. She was unclean because of blood. She'd been bleeding for a long time and so as such was required to be outside of, on the outskirts of town. No interacting with people. And she came into the crowd and she touched Jesus' garment and she was healed. Jesus received water from the Samaritan woman at a well. She received, he received water from a woman, a Samaritan and he talked with her, breaking all kinds of rules. He received anointing from a woman who was accused of using rich ointment that could have been used to help others. And he allowed her to do that and then allowed himself to be touched by her in public. 
He turned the tables over in the temple. You remember the, that he was angry, that the place of worship was being used as a marketplace. People were coming in and, and, and selling things and taking advantage of people, and it made him very angry, and he turned the tables over, and he broke the rules. He healed the Roman centurion's friend. Gentiles were not Jewish. They were either immigrants or part of the Roman Empire, and so they were on the outs. He cared for the poor. If you were poor at the time, it was assumed that this was God's uh, curse that was placed on you, and God was withholding a blessing. Seven instances he healed on the Sabbath. He healed Simon's mother-in-law. He healed the man with the withered hand. He healed the man was who was born blind, then this was the only case in which he healed someone born with a condition because usually it was believed that if you had a condition, it was caused, those health issues were caused by sin. He cured the man with dropsy, which we know as epilepsy. He healed a man with an evil spirit. Now, during this primitive time, anyone seen to have a mental health issue or concern was considered demon-possessed. He cured the lame man by the pool of Bathsheba and, of course, the bent-over woman. Look at all the laws that he broke. Does any wonder that he was labeled a criminal and crucified? Jesus messed with the order. The healings and the miracles that he performed always came from a place of compassion Compassion for the hurting and sick and the ostracized who were usually the same because if you were hurting and sick, it meant that you were a sinner and or you were unclean. You were unable to interact with society and kept on the outside literally, which not only meant that individuals couldn't participate in the community, it meant that those who were on the inside didn't have to have them around. They didn't have to be uncomfortable by their presence. Their circle could be smaller because those on the outs weren't a part of it. They weren't even given consideration. As Tom Berlin wrote in um, Reckless Love, if we can reduce the number of people to whom the commandment of love applies, it gets much easier. We no longer have to figure out how we will love them if we judge that they are not worthy of our love to begin with. We have to be honest with ourselves. Even though we don't want to, each of us makes judgments. Do you ever get annoyed when someone asks you for money? Have feelings about what someone is wearing. Not have patience for the impatient. Feel reluctant about using different pronouns. Get irritated at those who don't take their medicine. If we are really putting love into action, then the rules of what's acceptable that we hold in our head, they have to change too. We've got to cancel them out with love. Even if it's easier to just help those who meet our agenda. You know, transformational mission is one of our um, core values because it helps us to break down walls and to experience each other's humanity. Our judgment and our assumptions are replaced by compassion and understanding. And I have to be honest, too. Sometimes I'm judgmental, especially of those who I think are judgmental. They're easy not to like. In fact, lots of people don't like them, right? But when I'm judging or we're judging those who, who make judgments that we don't like, 
We're not any better. Remember, Jesus was open to everyone. That included them as well. Berlin says, when Jesus met people who lived this way, he saw them not as bad people who needed to be judged, but as lost people who need to be steered back to the God who loves them. Lost people who need to remember that God loves them and that God loves everyone. Reverend Melanie Carey once said in a sermon when I was young that stuck with me, that God has no grandchildren. We're all first-generation children of God with, with God. God loves each and every one of us, and God doesn't love you more than God loves me or me more than God loves the people that I don't like. God loves them just as much as God loves me. When we're honest, when we're truth-telling, when we are people who are willing to have hard conversations, then we're also acting in love and and sharing that love, recognizing the humanity in each child of God. And that's what it's all about, love, beginning with love, acting in love, striving to love like Jesus loved. Berlin says, when we are really dedicated to love, there are people we become willing to fight for, often the last people we would have ever thought we would make a priority. This is the remarkable thing about God's love. It takes you to people and places that you would never choose to meet or go on your own. It makes you willing to go against the norms, to break the rules. And so you let the child win at Candyland, and you take off your shoes and give them to the person living in homelessness, even though you're cold and people think you're crazy. And you baptize the baby doll because the baby sister wants you to. And you support a local mission, even if it's not United Methodist, because they're doing good and important work. And you put a love, action, love in action sign in your yard when your HOA says no lawn signs. You declare an inclusion statement when the United Methodist Church, Church's law excluding LGBTQ people is reaffirmed. You're a part of a church where everyone is welcome at communion, and you realize that it's not okay for kids with special needs to be excluded. So you take intentional steps and adaptations to make sure that all children are welcome and safe. Friends, putting love into action sometimes means breaking the rules for the good of others. It means, it means using our eyes of compassion and seeing God in each person, no matter the circumstances. The first time I was in her line, I was annoyed with the bent-over woman. I was in a hurry, and I had no patience. And when I got in my car, I was ashamed. Here was a woman in constant pain, trying to make a living. And people were angry with her every day. I should not be a part of the pain that she experienced. I was ashamed. After that, every time that she was working, when I shopped, I went to her line. And even if I was in a hurry, I greeted her with kindness and extended grace because she is a child of God. May we see each person as a child of God with the eyes of compassion and put love into action, even if it means breaking the rules. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. 
We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.